You are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Nathan Messina. Today I'm joined by Jaden Smith and Raven Freeman. How are y'all doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. How about you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm doing well. Glad to hear it. All right, so we're going to kick it off with some LSU women's basketball. They beat Miami 54-42 to this past Sunday to make it to the Final Four for the yep. first time since 2008. Yep. Woo. So big, big time for the program. So obviously the driving force of this LSU women's basketball team has been Angel Reese. She's been a superstar this season. Mm-hmm. So what have you guys seen from Angel Reese in the tournament this far, just as far as like her attitude, her drive, her passion? Um, for me, <clears throat> I mean, one of the most noticeable things about her is like her resilience and her, her mental toughness. You know, I feel like the tournament itself is already nerve-wracking enough. So having traits like that is something you need, you know, to continuously advance throughout the tournament, you know. And not just that, but her ability to impact the game without scoring, you know, I feel like one of the best ways to evaluate players is evaluating them by what they're doing when their shot isn't going in. You know, and I see her getting rebounds, blocking shots, altering shots, you know, and just ultimately uh, setting the tone for the rest of the team. So that's what's impressed me most about her. Right. I mean – I agree with Jaden. Her attitude has really been the same all year long. Being that humble leader that knows how to motivate her teammates and overall just play a good game of basketball, no matter the opponent, she comes on the court with the same mindset, which is what this LSU women's basketball team needs. I agree completely. She's been definitely a a big leader on this team. Yeah. So one of the things that LSU's kind of struggled with a couple times this season has been foul trouble, mm-hmm. especially you saw it against Utah and a little bit against against Miami. What do you guys think is going to be the key to staying out of that? How do you prevent getting into foul trouble in the future, Raven? I mean, I think it's as simple as, like, playing more calmly. When their nerves get bad on the court, you can tell by the way they, ag- they aggressively, like, push and block their opponents, mm-hmm. which is not what we need. I mean, we need all of our star players on the court, yeah. and those are the ones – that have foul trouble. So at this point in the season, in order to win, we just can't have that. I was surprised me when our first game with all of our players that fouled out. Yeah. yeah. To me, that was completely luck, but thank yeah. God. Yeah, I agree because, I mean, having that many players, players foul out is it's kind of ridiculous mm-hmm, to say the is. least. But, I mean, for one, they got to stop fouling <laughs> to stay out of foul trouble. <laughs> you know. way to start. Yeah. And then, two, I think they just need to be, you know, more disciplined and locked in on the defensive end of the floor. I see they pick up a lot of unnecessary fouls. They jump in at every shot, you know, and they're always playing for the steal. So I feel like if they just play more disciplined, you know, and relax, like mm-hmm. Raven said, that'll cut a lot of that out. I agree. So when Kim Mulkey took over this program at LSU – the Lady Tigers are coming off of a nine-win season. In less than two calendar years, <laughs> she's already taken this team to the Final Four. Yeah. How impressive is this for you guys, and what do you think the future holds for Kim Mulkey and this LSU women's basketball team? Uh, I think this is extremely impressive. I mean, with us getting a coach like Kim Mulkey and her being as um, successful as she was you know, at Baylor in her career, I was expecting us to be very good, you know, mm-hmm. but not this soon and not mm-hmm. this quickly. And – We've already overachieved, you know, we're ahead of schedule. I mean, my prediction was I thought we would make the Elite Eight this year, but, you know, I was just – I would have just been happy with that. But 
yeah, we've already overachieved, and they're only going to get better as this team has more games played together under their belts. Uh, and we also have the number two player in the class in the women's class coming here next year. So I'm excited to see what the future holds, you know. And I think um, I think before I leave at LSU, I think they'll have at least one national championship, at least. For sure. Right. I agree. Um, this is a young team. And, of course, like, we have to think about high school, too. Like, high schoolers, good, star, five-star, yeah. four-star high school girls are going to want to be recruited by LSU because of, Kim Mulkey and the blessings that she's brought to this team. So I think our future is very bright. And Jaden's a freshman. We're both sophomores. I even think by the time we graduate, yeah, we're I think in, in just the three years we have left, yeah. right. we'll probably see a ring come down to Baton Rouge. So LSU, we're, so we're recording this on Thursday the thirtieth. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow, uh, LSU will play against one seed Virginia Tech in yeah. their Final Four matchup. What do you guys think the keys to this game are going to be if the Lady Tigers want to pull off this mat, uh, this upset? One, don't get into any foul trouble. Yes. I mean, we need <laughs> yeah. every player to be on lock, to be locked down, focused. And then two, I think we need to shoot an incredible amount of threes. I mean, it's that point of the season where those shots count the most. And I know that they've been practicing them. We can see that they've improved, but we need to shoot those three-pointers and able to win tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what I was going to say. The most obvious thing is we have to make our jump shots, you know, and more specifically our threes because – you're not going to beat these better teams shooting one of 12 from three like we did against Miami. Yeah, exactly. you know, And not too many teams are going to give us a performance like Miami and go zero for 15. So, right. <laughs> you know, and aside from that, again, we have to stay out of foul trouble. You know, if we want to beat these better teams, then we need to have as much depth and as many bodies on the floor as possible and ready to go. I so. agree. All right, so what are y'all score predictions for this matchup? Um, I'm going to say, say uh, 68-57. Okay. You know, I don't think we'd get this far just to lose because yeah. that, would, that would just hurt way too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with LSU on this one. Okay. I'm going to go with LSU 70 to 75. I like it. What is your prediction? I was going to say 69 to 63 LSU. Mm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout. But Virginia, Virginia Tech it'll, has been a very be quiet yeah. one seed. Like, yeah, exactly. That's right. very quiet. Yep. It'll be a good game for sure. All right, so talking about men's basketball now, we've got the Final Four in the men's tournament this weekend, too. Your Final Four is San Diego State, mm-hmm. FAU, Miami, and UConn. Yeah. So what are, you guys, what are your predictions for FAU versus SDSU? I mean, if I'm being completely honest, these are the last four teams I expected to see in the <laughs> I Final I couldn't agree. Four. Yeah, I think everybody I don't feels think, like I don't that. think anybody saw this coming. Yeah. Right. So my predictions are strictly off rank. Yeah. So I guess we'll see tomorrow, but... What was the first game you mentioned? It was uh, <coughs> FAU versus San Diego State. Yeah, I have San Diego winning 70, <coughs> 76 to 69. I like it. Yeah, I got San Diego State as well, 72-64. Uh, I just think they've been the better and more dominant team throughout the tournament. You know, and they also knocked off uh, a one seed in Bama, you know, who many people had going to the Final Four. You know, right. and I don't think Florida Atlantic has beaten any team of that caliber. So that's why I'm going with San Diego State. Yeah, I agree. I've got San Diego State in the, the championship. I just think their that defense is just yeah, it's suffocating. Stifling, it's man. suffocating, yeah. man. It's gonna be tough to get past, especially for FAU who I think this is kinda where their luck is gonna run out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Miami versus UConn. Who y'all got? Uh I got UConn in that one. I said eighty two seventy one. You know, and the reason why is because UConn has not had one close game this entire tournament. They've pretty much 
destroyed everybody that they've played. And they've been by far the most dominant team in the tournament. They have shooting, they have defenders. You know, and I think I think they have all the makings and the tools for a title contender. So I'm going with UConn. I agree. I have UConn winning 88-83. But I do believe that Miami could upset UConn. I mean, Miami has kept it close every game that they've played. And they can be dominant when they want to. So if they choose to be dominant when they play UConn, this could be an upset. But I still have UConn winning 88-83. Me too. I've got UConn. They're just the only like bad game they've had this this tournament was early on against Iona when they were down big at halftime and yeah. then they came back and whooped them. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll they'll handle Miami pretty good and I think we'll see San Diego State and UConn in the the championship seems to be the the unanimous verdict here at KLSU. <laughs> yeah. All right, so keeping with the basketball theme, we're gonna talk about a little NBA. Talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, who broke a five game win streak against the Warriors last night. Pels led by 17 at halftime. What yeah. do you guys think went wrong in the second half? So, I tried to, like, come up with uh, a logical answer, but <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I could come up with really is just – I mean, the first the first conclusion I said is, like, the more I watch the NBA, the more I say to myself, it, it feels like no lead is really ever safe, yeah. because especially with right. the three-point shooting in today's game. But – the answer, I think, is really just Steph Curry. Um, mm-hmm. The Warriors are not going to lose a lot of games where Steph has 40 and 8 threes, you know, especially when they're playing at home. You know, and not just the fact that it's Steph, but they have two guys in particular that can make shots that just nobody else can make, you know, and you just can't compete with that. So when Steph, you know, is, is on like that, they're a very tough team to beat. Right. I agree. I mean, I think the winning streak got to their heads a little bit, and I think they thought, oh, okay. We're leading in the first half. We can relax a little bit in the second. Yeah. But the Warriors are just not that type of team. They have too many weapons. They have Steph Curry, for crying out loud. Yeah. And I think this is the wrong team to relax against. Yeah, for me, it was. it's it's kind of what happened a lot of times with the Pels this season. They, yeah. just, they say it after every game where they blow a comeback lead. They'll say, oh, we got too comfortable in the second half. Yeah, got too comfortable. <laughs> and yeah. We're getting to the end of the season yeah. now. You're going to have to stop getting comfortable yeah. in the second half. you got to keep playing <laughs> the whole way through if you want to play in the play-in or even the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. So what did you guys think of that altercation between Draymond Green and Herb Jones in the first half? Um, well, Draymond going to Draymond. Uh, it seems <laughs> yeah, like he's Draymond always Draymond. in an altercation with uh, somebody for some reason. Uh-huh. But first of all, it was an offensive foul. But I think the whole thing could have easily been avoided. But I think what really amplified it was the fact that the previous possession, he got into it with Brandon Ingram. So mm-hmm. I feel like Herb was already kind of on high alert with Draymond. Because it's like, when I think when Herb fell to the ground and Draymond kind of fell with him, it's like Herb was just like in a rush to hurry up and get back up. Yeah. You know, and I see that a lot with players. That's how altercations start. Somebody falls on top of another player. So... I think it could have easily been avoided, but I definitely think that has something to do with Draymond getting into it with Brandon Ingram before that. I mean, I don't really like Draymond. I think he's <laughs> a drama queen. He's one of the reasons I why I agree more. Yeah, I don't think anybody likes Draymond, <laughs> yeah, except like Warriors fans. <laughs> well, I stopped watching the NBA as much. Like, the NBA is just kind of becoming like a reality show, like the Housewives <laughs> of the NBA. Like, when I, like you said, like the possession before, he was arguing. With Brandon Ingram, it's like, why yeah. are you arguing? Like, go somewhere else, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It, my point is, I think it was kind of irrelevant. Like, He's at the end of the day, yeah, <laughs> the game continued. Like, Draymond, go cry about it. Yeah, I mean, going back to your point, Jaden, about how it could have been avoided. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it could have been avoided if Draymond went stepping on Herb's head. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
I, if that happens to any other player in the league, Draymond's out of that game. Yeah. Right. Oh, he didn't get thrown out? No, he didn't get thrown out. They kept him in the game okay, after that's that. Cool. He had just gotten a flagrant before that. Yeah, you know? they kept so him in the game. surely that would have at least warranted a tech. Yeah, he would have been, been tossed. Yeah. Should have been out of the game for sure. Any other, any other play in the league and he's gone. Yeah, that's crazy. But, you know, it's the Pels and they just, whatever. <laughs> but um, so then he went on to have altercations, with, again, with Brandon Ingram, like you said beforehand. Yeah. He was fighting with the whole team. Yeah. The whole, the whole game. It was just frustrating. But... Like y'all said, just kind of Yeah, the funniest part was stuff. he was, like, Typical. really arguing with the ref. You know, he just kept saying, like, <laughs> how, how. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean, bro? Yeah, you just, you hip-checked him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he just. Bro said, how is that a technical, man? Like, And just all that nothing. Didn't get thrown out or nothing. Yeah. It's crazy, man. So the Pels are now currently sitting at the eighth seed and a game and a half behind the Warriors for the sixth seed. Yeah. Six games left in the season. Do you guys think the Pelicans will make the playoffs, the play-in tournament, or neither? Uh, I think they'll make the play in. I think it'll be them, uh, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and I think it'll be the Thunder. And um, I mean, the play in—it's it's anybody's game from there. So they could sure. very well go to the playoffs, you know. And I feel like even without Zion, this team is still very talented, mm-hmm. you know. And they still have a lot of depth, you know. Their problem really is just inconsistency, you know, throughout the season. That's the thing that I've seen most from them. So I feel like when they're at their best. I mean, they can give anybody a run for their money, man. For sure. I'm honestly just not sure about either. I think they could. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I know that's harsh. I think they could (laughs) make the plan (laughs) if they win these next six games. But it's like they play the Nuggets their next game. Yeah, Yeah, they play the Nuggets tonight that we're recording this. They play the Nuggets and back-to-back MVP Nikola Jokic. (laughs) So So it's like I just don't. They don't have anybody to guard They've just been so inconsistent. Yeah. So – it's, it's going to be a tough one tonight against yeah. the Nuggets. It'll be tough. Um, but after that, the schedule isn't so bad. We have, I think, one of the easiest remaining schedules in the NBA. Okay. So, and the, the West is just so close right now. Yeah. Everybody's so – Every like, game matters. Every game matters. Every game matters. Matters. You're only yeah. a few games apart between each game, each team. So you're going to have to win everything to try and get into the – even just the play-in. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. So straight away from basketball, we're going to talk about some LSU baseball. Mm-hmm. So we beat Grambling this past uh, Monday, 17-5. to How dangerous is this lineup when you got guys like Cade Beloso and Jerry Jones hitting back-to-back home runs in the middle of the batting order? I mean, like, this team is just extremely dangerous and dominant, like, as far as their mindsets. Like, instead of thinking, okay, we just scored a home run, right? We're in the lead. We can chill, yada, yada. They challenge themselves by thinking, like, well, how many more home runs and points yeah. can we score? Like, that's impressive to score back-to-back home runs. Like, that just shows, like, their mentality. Like, though this was Grambling, this is one of our easier opponents. They're like, okay, like, we're ready to win. We're ready to dominate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's – they're very dangerous. Um, and I think it puts other teams on their heels and makes them uncomfortable knowing that they have to go against two dynamic hitters like that, you know, back-to-back. And, again, it all really just ties back to the depth and the firepower that this team has. I mean – I don't think it really just can be overstated, you know. Yeah. It's, it's really just impressive at this point that they continue to stay level-headed and, you know, perform like this game in and game out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we can't talk about it enough this year, yeah. just just how, like, I mean, it feels like we talk about it every week. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like warranted things. every week Yeah, because yeah. the, the lineup is just so deep so good. that it's it's dangerous one through nine. Like, you're having to face off against guys hitting over 300 in almost right. every spot. So, talking about how deep this lineup is, we've got a clip from Jay Johnson. We have really good players, and um, 
um, they're interchangeable. You know, you can roll one guy in or one guy out. And just the focus level of these guys is is unique and, and special. And um, if we don't get it that first time around, we're, we're going to get it the second or third time around. And so you guys hear Jay Johnson talking about how interchangeable these guys are. Mm-hmm. How big a role has that played just in the team's success as a whole this season? I mean, a huge positive role. He knows that if one player's having a bad game, he can put the next guy in, he knows they'll do just as well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's played a huge role, and I feel like all season, the thing that we've hung our hats on is the depth and the talent of this team, you know, and how interchangeable they are. And I mean, they're the number one team for a reason, you know, and they just continue to show everybody why they are the number one. For real. Um, it's just, it's crazy to see. Again, it feels like we talk about it every week, but like, yeah, you've got, yeah. It, it happens every week. You got guys like Pax and Kling who are super hot, and then you take them out and replace them. And the next guy you put in is also hot. They're just exactly anybody. You can have a slump and just replace a guy easy. It's the, this. It's the deepest team in college baseball right now for easy. sure. And that's going to be what takes them to Omaha, in my opinion. So Jay Johnson has said on multiple occasions that Dylan Cruz is the best player he's ever coached, and he and Johnson has 14 of his former players in the MLB right now. In the grand scheme of things, just how impressive is Dylan Cruz, and where do you think he'll be among the LSU greats when his time here is done? Uh, I think it all boils down to the fact that this guy's a, a future number one pick. And uh, we're just getting to see him, you know, exemplify his talents, you know, and why he's the projected number one pick. I mean, he's batting 542 on the season. You know, that's that's a shooting percentage. <laughs> you know, and I think he'll go down as one of the greats for sure, you know, and one of the best to uh, wear the purple and gold. I agree with Jason. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that, He'll end up. I I personally think that he could end up being the probably the best play, baseball player that LSU's ever had. I mean, you've got yeah. guys like Mikey Matuk even saying that. Um, his numbers are just unreal, and he could be. He's yeah. he'll probably go down as one of the best college baseball players ever. For sure. I mean, he's he's Joe Burrow good, <laughs> arguably better than Joe Burrow in his respective That's sport. Yeah. That's saying a lot, man. It's it, but it's it's true though. Yeah. He's like that good. Yeah. So talking about this this baseball team. Tonight that we're recording, we're going against number 11, Tennessee, starting the series. It'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So after struggling against Chase Dollander last year in May, Cruz is likely looking for revenge. Yeah. How do you guys think Cruz will do this weekend against Dollander in Tennessee? I mean, I think he's going to show Tennessee and specifically Dollander how much he's improved. And I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. And any doubts that Tennessee has had about him, I think he's going to show them up. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm expecting him to play at the same level he's been playing at mm-hmm. this entire season, you know. And again, he struggled against Dollander last year, and so I assume a guy like Dylan, you know, won't forget that. I think he's had this game marked on his calendar for some time now, and I think he's going to make it his business, you know, to perform well this time around. For sure, I think, like you said, he's got this one marked yeah. on his calendar. Everybody in Baton Rouge has had this game yeah. marked on the calendar since the schedule came yeah, out. Yeah, I've heard it was sold out for like months. Oh yeah, it's months, it's man. been sold out. It's going to be packed game. Yeah. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere inside that stadium. I think Dylan Cruz is going to live up to the hype for this one. Last weekend, we saw LSU run rule Arkansas and nearly do it twice in one day. Do you guys think we might see another run rule this weekend? Um, I would be very pleased if that happened, you Mm -hmm. know, especially if it's in our favor and we're the winners. But I don't see it happening against Tennessee. You know, I feel like this matchup is just way too hyped and anticipated to end in that fashion. So I agree. I think 
Tennessee will keep the score close. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think we might see a run rule in just at least one game. That could be just my my bias yeah. and <laughs> wishful thinking playing into it. But because man, I just really do not like Tennessee. But um, so I think we I think we'll see a run rule because Arkansas in my is, is a better team than Tennessee. Arkansas was ranked number five when we played them. Yeah, and, and Tennessee is eleven. Right. So I think we could see it. It'd be awesome if we could do it twice because we almost did it twice to Arkansas. So what are you guys' predictions to wrap things up? What are you guys' predictions for the, the rest of the series? Um, I definitely got LSU. Uh, I got us winning 7-4 and 3-1. I like it. I have LSU. I have 7-10 and 4-6. Okay. Mm. So you guys, you guys think we don't sweep them? You think we just win two out of the three? Um, I don't think we'll win all three. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening. But again, I mean, winning, sweeping is kind of that's it's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do. That's I think not on easy. That Sunday, you know, you I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, won two out of the three. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm content. I'd, with I'd be that. happy with two out of three. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they could pull off the sweep this right. weekend. All right, all right, y'all. So that's all we got for you guys. This has been the Hodges Huddle. I'm Nathan Messina with your host. We had Jaden Smith and Raven Freeman. Thank you to our producer Jonah, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.